0: And so now I'm really at this place of understanding, like what I need to delegate. But the problem was, is I didn't know. Like I had so much shame that I felt like I was an imposter, right? Like I had serious imposter syndrome around like I can get up and talk to a crowd of 10,000 people and not blink an eye and everybody thinks I'm so confident because I can do that. And then I'm like
1: of our interview with my friend, Savannah Sanders, author, speaker, power woman extraordinaire. I don't know. How do you introduce yourself?
0: I just say hi. No, I'm just, joking. I usually say I'm Savannah Sanders. I'm a social worker and I'm a foster mom and do all the things, I guess. <laughs> founder of Founder of this and that.
1: <laughs> That's great. So, you know, we talked so much in the first episode about, you know, both your experience in trafficking on the streets and then getting a degree and helping change things for the good and the folks that you've got respect for. I think my next question is when you think about some of the toughest times on your journey, whether it's early on or whether it was getting the degree or writing the book, I'm interested in what do you tell yourself? Like, how do you overcome the toughest mental hurdles?
0: That's a that's a question I have literally never been asked. I don't think. I think I've always been really driven. You know, in in the in a lot of ways, it's always been. I mean, really, my whole life has been getting to the next spot without dying. You know, <laughs> like so, my whole childhood was like getting. I think I. I mean, honestly if I could be super vulnerable and honest about it. You know, I, th- I used to think that it was a lot of survival mode and just a lot of, like, chaos and just knowing how to do things in the midst of chaos. But a lot of the work I've done on my heart in the last couple of years, I realized that I really learned at a very, very, very young age how to protect my heart from really extreme pain. And I used to think that that was a lot of disassociation and that kind of thing. But, you know, when you are sexually assaulted at the age of six and there's, and you don't tell anybody and nobody is telling you how to handle that. Really? I had, I had to, I had to figure out how to handle it, right? Like I had to figure it out. And what I think I did was I kind of recognized in that moment, like, really bad things are going to happen. I mean, not that I had this thought process around it, but I think now that I look back on it and I look at how this cute little six-year-old responded to such a horrific event was really what I did was I protected my heart and I knew that people that I loved and trusted were going to hurt me and that I just needed to laugh and joke and put my best self forward all of the time. And that... And that As bad things happened, like I think that that's where my empathy grew. I think that's where my charisma grew because those things were already things that I was born with. And I really had to enhance them and make them bigger to compensate for the compensate, not for the pain that I was experiencing, but really from that protection, right? Like I had to over-exaggerate my positive qualities in order to keep my heart protected and not. And so I feel like that's really one of the ways that I protected myself. And so it was always about, I mean, my whole life was getting through rough moments, you know, and the book and the, the degree and all of that stuff were really not what I saw as challenging it and and I had this perfectionism of where I, I I wouldn't allow myself to where I wouldn't allow myself to fail like I could not fail and I think a lot of that comes from overcompensating for so much of the shame and guilt and fear that I was feeling on the inside and I was really masking and like I have to succeed at this because I struggle so much internally. I have to be good externally, you know? And so that really drove me for a really long time. And was this like, look at how successful I am because I have this degree and I've written this book and I've done all of that, but I cannot do a load of laundry to like save my life. And I like, can't do dishes and ice stuck at budgeting. And I never learned how to like really build relationships with people that weren't, you know what I mean? Like, so I felt, I actually feel like a lot of the degree in the book and a lot of the stuff in my career was actually a lot of overcompensation for what I was feeling internally. And I think that's what kept me driven. And I know that's like a really big thing to say, but that's what it was at that time.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting to me, having such a diverse set of guests on the show, because I find similarities across people who grew up on different continents, completely different industries, completely different backgrounds. And there's elements of similarities. You know, we've had very, very financially successful people on the show who actually describe extremely similar feelings. And maybe they didn't have the trauma you grew up with. Maybe it was expectations of their parents or Uh, Other sources of a low self-image, you know, and I think in many ways, so many of us have. I think, like myself, I can get down on myself about not being able to do like job that any ten dollar an hour admin could do, right? And like, I can land the big sale, (laughs) I can, I can, I get the multi million dollar investor, but like, then I'll like be the most likely guy in the company to forget to send the invoice so that we would actually get paid or something. You know what I mean? And like, it's easy. It's easy for me to joke about that with you. We're friends, but there's other times where that's like caused problems in my life. I like have like a sense of shame of like, Oh my gosh, you're supposed to be the CEO. Jess, you can't even do the entry level work, you know? And I know it's not to the same degree, but
0: yeah. And I just got diagnosed with like legitimate ADHD recently and it's it's changed my whole life because i realized that i was trying to function like that right like i'm an ideas person like i have all i have all the ideas i have all the passion i have all of that but i like please do not expect me to respond to your email in a timely manner like that is not something that my brain is capable
1: <laughs> of doing can i t- can i tell you my worst fear i don't know if this is true my, my worst fear is hitting a kid with the car. Okay. Can I tell you the worst words in business for me is when I spend months landing a major sale, maybe it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then when I've got like seven different people signed off on it, then somebody like offhand on the end says, okay, could you just write that up, Jess? No, no, I do not want to write that up and then give the chance to have all this work get vetoed because they didn't use exactly the right language and didn't describe it in the way that you heard it in your mind and that, you know, like, oh my gosh, nails on a chalkboard kill me. I go into like anxiety fits for like the next however many days until we finally send it over.
0: Yeah, it's so it's so great. In fact, and I'm just going to be really vulnerable because I was just in a in a director level position, okay? And I it was perfect. Like the most supportive environment I could have ever been in. It was beautiful, amazing, all of the things. But I have this track record and all of my positions, which is why I always run off and create my own thing because I'm like, nobody will ever get me basically to an extent because I can't send emails and do spreadsheets like everybody else. So I have this cycle and I didn't realize what it was until very recently. I didn't even know it was a cycle, but I would get a job. It would be, and I would usually always be handpicked for this job, right? Like somebody recommended me or somebody handpicked me and they're like, oh my God, you got to meet Savannah. She's like, so thoughtful and empathetic and she sees things that nobody else sees and they would say these things and I would be like okay well whatever you know kind of thing then I would get the job and I would interview beautiful because I would you know we wouldn't talk about the questions that they had we would talk about the big ideas and the big solutions which you and I have had many of these conversations like I could tell you all the things just like you can do this, 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 and this. And you're like, great. Can you write that up for me? And i am like, no, no, I cannot write that up for you because I can, I can just tell you, can't you just go do what I just, said? you know, I, I really struggle with that. So I would get this job and it would be the most exciting thing. And I would have so much excitement and i would be like oh this is it this right this is the time where i break past that point where like all my kids are going to have braces and we're going to go on family vacations and like i'm going to have like the best healthcare and like everything is going to be perfect and my dishes are going to like magically do themselves because i have this phenomenal empowering amazing with more money and more and it's exactly what i want to do and then 2 to 3 months in i would start failing And I wouldn't know why I would not know why I would think, okay, well, like maybe I'm doing something wrong or then I would start getting behind on emails and I would start doing all of this kind of stuff and it would get really, it would get really, I would start drowning in the administrative stuff. And then I would tell my supervisor or my boss or whatever, even when, you know, in director level positions, I'm like, okay, this is the thing I'm struggling with. They're like, well, that's the basic stuff. Like, how can you be struggling? Like, you're so brilliant. We thought this was a great fit. Like, how, how can you be so amazing and then not like be able to make sure everybody has their timesheets on on time or or whatever the case may be? Yet, then all my staff would be like, she's my favorite boss ever, and I love her, and she's so empowering, and blah 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 blah. So I realized that there was a cycle where every time I worked for somebody else, I would ultimately either get fired or quit before that would happen, before I would get fired. <laughs> be, and it would always be administrative stuff.
1: Okay. I've got two books for you. Okay. right, You got to write these down. So the first one's called Rocket Fuel. It's by Gina Wickman and Mark Winters. And it basically just describes visionaries. And he contrasts it to integrators. And you're going to feel way better about yourself once you finish this book. You're, okay. You, you, you actually only have to read the first chapter. Um,
0: Good, because that's all I'll get through in a book <laughs> unless I listen to it. <laughs>
1: okay. The second one is my new favorite book. It's called Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. and Well, it's Dan Sullivan's ideas, but the author is Ben Hardy. And it basically like talks about The most productive entrepreneurs are not the ones that do all the stuff. They're the ones who, who stop thinking, how can I do this? And start thinking, who can I get to do this? And sometimes you're at a place where you've got money, you've got budget for staff. And other times that needs to be a business partner. Other times that needs to be an unpaid intern. Other times that needs to be something else. But like, it sounds so simple. It's such a hack. There's somebody who loves doing the things I hate. Like my sister is just getting her CPA. She talks to me about like the thrill of when she does accounting and all the numbers worked out perfectly. It's like a Tetris puzzle. And it's like, that's like a foreign language. (laughs) She's like, really? I'm like, we already made the money. We have to count it? (laughs) Like, I know we made the money. We have the money. But for her, it's like, it's a sport. It's a sport to get it to all line up. You know what I mean? And, uh, anyway.
0: Oh, like, cause I always tried to do all the things. Right. And then I, I could delegate stuff, but there was just some stuff that was so simple. Like I was like, how, why would I want to delegate something that's like so simple? And so now I'm really at this place of understanding like, what I need to delegate. But the problem was, is I didn't know. Like, I had so much shame that I felt like I was an imposter, right? Like, I had serious imposter syndrome around, like, I can get up and talk to a crowd of 10,000 people and not blink an eye. And everybody thinks I'm so confident because I can do that. And then I'm like, crying at night because I can't like respond to emails and I'm like, what do I say? And why is this overwhelming? And like how can how can a sink of dishes undo me? Like how can a sink of dishes undo me but I can go and speak to like five thousand, ten thousand people with no problem.
1: Yeah. Can I tell you my other hack? I found out that I like I'm just very social and what's funny is I want to be able to shut the door and I want to concentrate when I want to concentrate. And then when my willpower is dipping me sitting by myself, working harder is a terrible answer. Like I it's business is a team sport. And every time I try to play it alone or go it alone too much, it's, I have such inferior results versus like being honest and reaching out to people. And like, my partners who run our investment fund together, they're like depending on me to land millions of dollars of investors sometimes. And I'm like, Hey, this is really the dumbest thing for a founder to say, can we like do a conference call where you just run down the list with me? And like, we literally just read the names of the people and I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. In fact, I'll read you the name and then I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. I just need somebody else on the phone for this part. Can we do that together?
0: It's, I call that body doubling. Like I do my best, like whether I'm working on a huge budget or a huge proposal or a curriculum that I'm writing, or if sometimes I call my best friend and we do dishes together over FaceTime because
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So we call it body doubling and it's actually a really, there's actually an app for, there's an app that somebody created where you can like connect with other people to do body doubling while you're working. Cause I'm the same way. I have to, I have to have something else going on to be able to focus. And
1: My, now I'm lucky enough. I've got such great partners that they understand my quirks and are willing to willing to have me anyways. Right. But my brother, you know, we've been running business together for 15 years, right. Child rescue as well um he's actually really good at it like well the funny thing he he doesn't have any shame about it though he's like hey listen let's do a working session because he's done so much remote work over his life That you know working in silicon valley working in canada you know going to uh the caribbean working from the caribbean so he's like let's just do this let's just uh, turn our webcams on and do our own work for a couple hours <laughs> he thinks that's perfectly normal he has no shame about it and it works great you know
0: That's the thing, right, is the shame, because the shame and the guilt is what, like, I, I like, me and my friend, me and my colleague, Amy, are, do, we have, like, a whole women's group with ADHD and, like, women entrepreneurs and all of that kind of stuff, and that's the thing, like, it's so much about the shame of it, and we're at the, like, we're just, like, breaking all the rules, like, we want to break all the rules and there's all these rules un- undisclosed rules that we have in our head that it has to be this way and we're like no it doesn't have to be that way at all actually in fact if it's not that way like you're probably more productive and more attuned to what you're doing so
1: okay so i have one more one more book recommendation for you okay this book is like the most optimistic ADD book of all time. It's called Driven by Dr. Douglas Brackman. I co-authored it, it with this uh, Navy SEAL, Randy Kelly. And so for starter, so it's it's like so optimistic. He's like, basically, we don't think you can become a Navy SEAL if you don't have this advantage of what people call a deficit. And he just goes through like all sorts of things through history of like how hunters and explorers – were so critical to human life but once we became an agrarian culture like doing things on time and following the rules became highly prized for survival and those weird hunters who they want to go crazy sprint and then they want to sit around for three days like they just get called lazy they get called all these names by farmers who don't understand them right okay so that book, like, will make you proud to have ADD, okay? All the other ADD books, I feel like it's okay. You can still be a good person. I know you've got a deficit, but there could even be a positive side of this. But you know they don't mean it? This book means it. It's great. So.
0: I mean, I'm, I mean, it is a big thing, though, because, you know, and I'm glad that we're talking about this because, and this is something that I, 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 have been talking a lot about lately. My ADHD completely made me more vulnerable to being trafficked. Like now that I can like look back on the whole the bang. I mean, there were a lot of factors in it, but it definitely was a big part of it. And being un, and like women are so underdiagnosed when it comes to ADHD and late diagnosed. I mean, I've been in the mental health field for 13 years and I didn't get my diagnosis until I was 35 and it, and I would talk to tons of therapists like, yes, this is going on at home. Like I'm having this issue with my kids or I'm having this issue with my relationship. But really I think if I could just like do my dishes and get my laundry done and organized, I might actually be a successful human being. Meanwhile, I have a degree and like super amazing kids and all, you know, all this stuff going on. But I, it has literally only been this last year that I was able to finally, finally forgo the shame and guilt of not being an organized person and that it was okay that I'm not organized and that I'm not, and that I'm, that everything's not always functional, right? Like, I had a degree and was like traveling internationally, but I thought I was a complete failure at life because I could, I lost my keys all the time. Like that somehow was more that morally meant that I was a horrible human being. I'm out here like literally saving lives, but I'm a horrible human because I lost my keys.
1: <laughs> okay. My wife has a joke about how many times we had to call AAA because of me locking my keys in cars. Okay. I look at this rule. Like it became a habit. I have a rule. I do not lock car doors anymore without holding the keys in my hand. Like I physically have to hold the keys in one hand and lock the door. That it's just a rule I had to make for myself because State Farm actually kicked us off insurance from them because we used roadside assistance too much. Because I was locking my car my keys in the car too much. Like it was a serious problem right anyway
0: no it, it, but it, i mean it really did like i joke about it you know but that it, it like that kind of stuff has impacted my every aspect of my career and home life and everything and now having a handle on it i was like oh i'm actually i'm actually pretty cool <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> i love it well listen If people want to find your book or they want to follow you online, where are the best places?
0: Yeah. So my book is on Amazon. It's called Sex Trafficking Prevention, a Trauma-Informed Approach for Parents and Professionals. And then I have an Instagram at Conquer Trauma, which Conquer Trauma is my healing-centered approach to dealing with trauma, not telling you how you should heal from trauma, Sorry, not telling you how you should heal from trauma, but just giving you the tools to navigate your own healing journey and create your own your own path in in that journey. And that's at Conquer Trauma on Instagram and then Savannah Sanders. And you can find me on Facebook and
1: Uh, I love it. Well, once again, big thank you from me to you for supporting us at Child Rescue for the last nine years.
0: Yeah, I loved it. I'm so proud of you guys and so proud of the work that you're doing.
1: Love it. Thanks again for doing this. Bye everyone.